1: In today's economic climate, it's very hard to know what to do with your money. Every financial move is a choice. Sometimes they are good choices, and you will reap the rewards of success. Sometimes there are bad choices, which can leave you in financial ruin if you make too many. Welcome to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. Our program will help you to make the good choices and avoid the bad. Now, here is Gordon Bennett.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. I guess it's afternoon where you're listening. Welcome to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life. My name is Gordon Bennett. I am your host, and I have with me today Doug Cook. He is in the insurance industry, and I thought it would be a splendid thing to talk about insurance because if money affects our life one of the fundamentals of money management is protect your assets and that is a specialty of the uh, insurance industry so doug why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll get on with the show i've got lots of notes here and uh, many
3: questions to ask you so doug give us an insight Sure, Gordon. Um, Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I wanted you to know that currently I'm working as a vice president, TR Insurance Group in Collegeville, Pennsylvania. Um, We specialize in helping individuals and small businesses with their insurance needs. Um, For a number of years, I worked for larger international agencies and worked with Fortune 500 companies for about 17 years, and frankly, this is a lot more rewarding working with small businesses and individuals.
2: Um, you're a CPA, is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Um, I've always wondered about CPAs. i not wondered whether they're good or bad. It's just that all of the professions have... Uh, regulations and rules about whether you can be called an ex-cpa or a practicing cpa or what have you but that's good enough for me is that you're a cpa which means you know more than i do about (laughs) about money you know i was thinking a lot since i've talked to you um what i'm going to try you out on something what do you think is the biggest thing facing most of us today and not just in insurance but in life in general
3: well, what we see often in the office here is people are stretched financially, and I think we've seen that for the last couple of years. And because of I... that, we often find that they're making um, some poor decisions uh, and being what I would call penny-wise and pound-foolish, if you will.
2: And as my winery friends would say, waste this, uh Or save it the spigot and waste it the bung. (laughs) But that's that's a winery term, so uh, we'll have to think. The thing that I think is, uh, or certainly appears to me to be the thing, is the rate of change in so many fields is so fast, and things change so often to make uh, allowances for continuing conditions in our economy that the only way we can keep up is to hire the services of a professional. Sometimes I talk a little funny. Uh, I hope everybody listens listens uh, will cut me some slack on that because uh, just five months ago I was uh, faced with a strike, uh, a stroke. See, it's not a strike, it's a stroke. I was faced with that, and that was just after recovering from about with cancer. So this is quite an adventure for me. But the thing I learned, if I learned anything... In this last year of challenges and trials, is insurance is an ever important thing in our life, and I want to talk today about some of the things each and every one of us faces about insurance. Uh, There are two kinds of insurance. Well, maybe there's more, but I've got two. Uh, That is first-party insurance. That is the insurance that protects you and your assets. And there's third-party insurance. I've often wondered what happened to the second-party guy. (laughs) But the third-party protects you from what you do to other people. And of course, that affects your assets as well. So I'd like to get started. I mean, we've got tons of things we can talk about. It is an incredibly complicated field. It is a field that Changes all the time. Every day something new is introduced, uh, and people's situations change. So again, I'm going to say you need the services of a professional. If we own anything or you can harm anybody, you got that? If you own anything or you can harm anybody, you probably need some kind of insurance. So why don't we start, uh, Oh, and by the way, that first party and third party protecting you and protecting others, sometimes that's included in the policy as two separate things, although it's one policy. But I want to talk first about first party coverage. Sure. Now most, most of us are familiar with having a house. So let's talk about homeowners insurance. What does it
3: protect? Well, you're right. Most of us are familiar with having a house and Frankly, most of us and the bank own our house together. Um,
2: what it protects that bank that bank is an important uh, thing. By the way, you
3: or somebody else owns this, <laughs> right? You may you, you may own all. it or be on your way to owning it. I yeah, think. that's good. That's the best way to say that. Um, and what the homeowner's policy protects on a first party basis is the building itself and the structures that you might have. Attached or unattached, like a garage or a shed. It also protects the personal belongings that you have inside the house. And it will protect those belongings even if you move them outside the house.
2: And then... How far, how far can I move them outside the house?
3: You can really move them almost anywhere. Okay. Within the confines of the territory the policy covers, which in most cases is the United States.
2: Okay, which is a reason for reading your policy to find out how far it covers.
3: It is indeed. Okay. Um, and it also protects you in the event that you no longer have the ability to stay in your house because of a fire or some other cause of loss, and you may need to stay in a temporary residence.
2: The, uh, I want to uh, segue off to that mortgage holder a minute, or the bank. If many of you have bought a house on uh, credit, you financed it, if you didn't put enough money down, the bank or lending institution may require you to have an escrow account in which they accumulate money to buy insurance. And that insurance is for protecting the interest of the lender. It, 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 now, it will protect you, too. The value of the house may be only partially financed. But the purpose of that escrow account is to make sure that nobody lets their policy lapse. I just wanted to add that in there. You're protecting what you own
3: as well as what you're buying. That's correct. And in some cases, and we've encountered this occasionally in the last couple of years, if you don't buy the insurance, the bank will buy it for you. And, of course, they will send you a bill. (laughs) Absolutely. And they probably will be more worried about their interests than they are your interests.
2: Again, uh, you, you want to look out for your own interests and you want to understand the policies that you're getting uh, because these policies, uh they're kind of complex, but they aren't so complex that the average person can't read them and understand them. They'll avoid a lot of traps in the future. Um, you've told us a little bit about what uh, first-party coverage is. I remember a house uh, burned down in one of the California fires when I lived out there, and the firefighter asked the homeowner if he had insurance on his house. And he said, no, I've never needed it before. <laughs> you have to, you can't buy fire insurance on your house as it's burning
3: to the ground. No. And you, you'll find that, I guess, two weeks ago, we had hurricanes approaching uh, Florida. And oftentimes, insurance companies will stop selling policies in advance of big storms like that.
2: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. You had also mentioned a couple of things, and I want to reemphasize this. If you have a policy, uh, sometimes the insurance company will want appraisal, but the, in addition to your house, it's the contents, but it may be valued in some additional way. How is that uh, possible?
3: That's correct. A lot of people are familiar or very familiar with what their house is worth on the open market if they wanted to sell it but the insurance company is interested in what it would cost to rebuild the house um, something known as replacement cost because the object if your house is damaged is to rebuild it the object is not to go out and buy you a different house
2: okay so it What you paid for it is irrelevant. What you cost to replace it is what you're insuring against. And so that's why the insurance company may, if you have a house and they don't know the value of it, may want to do an appraisal. Um, The other thing you mentioned is that some things in addition to the value of the house are covered. For example, the contents. uh, The house is your loss of use, which means you are paid and reimbursed for living somewhere else. That's Maybe you' How about code restrictions?
3: Well, most policies today covering houses will cover the additional expense to bring a house up to the current code. Um, the best example I have is, is one on the commercial side. But if if the house requires if the code today requires that a house be handicap accessible, and when the house was not built was built that was not a requirement, The um, what's known as ordinance and law coverage will pay the additional expense to add things like wheelchair ramps or larger doors so that a house is up to code.
2: Okay. Um, what this says to me is that people ought to read their insurance policies. I think the two most unread things in the world are instruction manuals for your car <laughs> and your insurance policies. But you know, every company writes their policies just slightly differently. Some things are included and some things are excluded. Uh, give me an example of some things that are not covered by your typical homeowner's policy.
3: Well, one of the, uh, there's a couple of things that are not included. Um, flood, for example, is never included in a commercial homeowner's policy. It's something you can buy from the federal government. Things like collapse is not included. Depending on where you live, wind may or may not be included. Earth movement, uh, infestation by vermin may not be included. Mold may or may not be included. Those are the typical exclusions that you see on policies.
2: And if you have a typical exclusion, you may want to uh, get a separate policy for those things that are excluded. Is that possible?
3: That is possible in some cases. Those are known Like flood insurance. Yeah, flood insurance is a perfect example. You can um one of the misconceptions I often hear from people is, well, I don't live in a flood zone. Well, the reality is everyone lives in a flood zone. The question is which zone do you live in? Yeah, the word the word <laughs> flood the word
2: flood is a broadly interpreted word.
3: Sure, it is, and you know I happen to live in a flood zone X, which means that there's minimal chance of a flood occurring.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: Um, we've been talking about
2: insurance with Doug uh, Cook here, and some of the th- uh, nuances of insurance. You are listening to money, jobs, health and other things or other issues of life with me, your host, Gordon Bennett. And we are going to be back right after this short break.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or send an email to goreben three two at gmail.com. Now back to the program.
2: Good afternoon, and welcome again to Murray. Come back to talk to you about money, jobs, health. And other things. I can't talk about them all at once, but uh, those are the kind of topics we want to talk about. Today we're visiting with Doug Cook and we're talking about some of the issues and basics of insurance and how it affects everybody's life. And we kind of wrapped up the end of the last section by talking about some of the exclusions. Now I at one time in my earlier life was an insurance adjuster. And the things I remember about that were when you quoted the exclusions to somebody who has just suffered a loss, they don't like you very much. <laughs> so most people don't read the exclusions, and they find out about them too late. And, of course, you can't change them. So you mentioned some. You mentioned flood, for example, and vermins sure. and water damage and earth movement. But there's some other things that aren't covered. Uh, the contents, for example, of your home. There may be limitations on some of the things that your particular policy, remember I say this, your particular policy, because every policy may be different. Like art, for example. How's art covered?
3: Yeah, Art is an interesting concept because most people think of art as virtually anything they hang on their wall. And as an insurance professional, I look at it and I say, well, no, that copy of a, uh, Renoir is simply a copy, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's contents in your house. It's not art. Um, art is very specific in the insurance world. It, it's almost always something that's a one-of-a-kind or an original, and art can be covered as part of the homeowner's policy, but it's really got to have a separate appraisal and limit attached to it because you'll get very little coverage on a standard homeowner's policy.
2: That's really interesting to know. So if anybody's collecting multimillion-dollar busts of famous figures, you better check with your insurance agent to make sure when your housekeeper leaves with them, they're covered because you're out of luck otherwise. That's the same correct. thing could be true with uh, jewelry, couldn't it?
3: Yeah, if you
2: jewelry. had
3: a hun- $100,000 necklace, is that covered? Not on any policy i've seen without making some changes to it um jewelry again is something that needs to be appraised especially if it's very valuable you will get some modest amount of coverage maybe ten, five or ten thousand dollars on a policy but if you have more than that you should be talking to your agent about making some changes to the policy or getting a separate policy
2: that's very good advice and uh I think another uh, example, um, well, I can think of a lot of examples, but one of the things I recommend is somebody should inventory the contents of their house. Insurance adjusters are very nasty guys sometimes, and they have to prove the value of everything they reimburse you for. And maybe taking an inventory with a video camera is a pretty
3: good idea. Do you think so, Doug? It is indeed, most agents or most carriers have a little... Uh, brochure you can use the inventory your home with. You can probably find something very easy on the internet to use and it's something you ought to keep up to date.
2: Um another area is uh
3: your policy doesn't cover business assets, does it? It does not. And more and more we're finding that people are operating a small business or a full time business out of their home. They're consultants or they run a, a small a direct marketing effort out of their home, and the business assets that you have in your home were specifically excluded from coverage on the policy.
2: When you apply for a policy, there are certain questions that are asked of you. Omission of information or misstatement of information is a reason for the company to deny coverage if you have a loss. So yep. you better tell everything the insurance companies otherwise or in the driver's seat
3: that's true and the, the other thing we tell our clients and our policyholders is tell us everything and let us help you do what's right for you if you leave something out because you think it's unimportant or you think we don't need to know about it or maybe you just don't want to tell us then we can't help you if we don't know about it
2: um the last thing was uh well it was There isn't just one last thing. There's a lot of things to talk about. Uh, What's the situation with roofing? Are sometimes not the entire cost of replacing the roof covered?
3: That's true. More and more we're finding that older roofs, roofs that get beyond 14, 15 years, some insurance companies will not cover them at their full replacement cost. They cover them at what's known as actual cash value or, or you may have heard of it as depreciated value. So what's the value of a 14 year old roof if it's only supposed to last 20 years?
2: We get into the, a lot of things in insurance. There are marginal cases all the time. The photographer who works full time for a company and then covers a wedding. Is that a business or is it not a business? Go to your professional and find out and make sure you've got coverage. What about livestock? You're a farmer. Is it a business? Is it a hobby? So my advice to you on your first-party coverage that when it has to do with your house is seek out the professional advice and listen to it. I want to skip to the car now. That's another thing that everybody has. I'm going to leave liability or uh, harm you do to other people to another sector of the show. I I want to stay with this first-party coverage. And so let's talk about the first-party coverage as it relates to your automobile. And, oh, by the way, one of the exclusions usual in homeowners' policies is they exclude things with motors in them. <laughs> More about that some other time. In other words, your, your quad is probably not covered, or your snowmobile or your boat may not be, may not. And I say different insurance companies, different rules. But you have to be very cautious of things with motors. So on to the car. That's a very special case and most people have automobile insurance. In fact, most states
3: require that you have it. Doug, what do you have to say about first-party coverage? Well, that's true. Every state that I'm aware of, anyway, requires that you carry automobile liability insurance. They don't all necessarily require that you carry the first-party coverage, coverage for collision and comprehensive or, as it's becoming known other than collision, uh, your bank, if you have a loan on your car, may require those two coverages. But
2: always the bank. Always, always the, bank. the bank. That is, they're they're going to look out for their interest, whatever you do. That's correct. So some states
3: require. Is it enough? Is the minimum amount enough? Well, with collision and comprehensive, what the policy will cover is the actual cash value of the automobile, and that's the depreciated value. So your your 2004 Buick, if it gets damaged, you're going to be paid to repair parts on a car that's eight years old. You're not going to be paid for brand-new parts.
2: I think that's it. And what do we mean by this comprehensive... Damage not incurred by collision. So in one hand, you have collision insurance, which is damage you do to the car. Comprehensive is pretty much non-collision, like a broken windshield.
3: Well, it's the, the comprehensive or the other than collision occurs when the car is sitting in a parking lot, a tree limb might fall on it, a hailstorm might come by, somebody might, uh, a deer or an animal might run into your car while you're driving it. It's things that don't involve another vehicle or don't involve you operating
2: the car. Okay. Um, in fact, what may be covered is if I park my car under a tree and the birds uh, leave their residue or deposit on the car and it ruins the
3: paint, that may be covered. That may in fact be covered and probably will be. Yeah. Uh, What about medical payments? Well, medical payments is an interesting coverage, and it it varies more by state than anything else. In Pennsylvania, we're a um, no-fault state for medical. So every Pennsylvania policy is required to have at least $5,000 worth of medical payments coverage. Other states, the requirements are different. You can take higher limits in Pennsylvania, and what that does is it protects you as an individual, any time you're injured in any automobile accident, it doesn't have to happen in your car. It could be you being hit in a crosswalk. And it it's, actually, inter- it's
2: interesting to me how complicated this whole mess becomes. Let's suppose I'm a passenger in a car. I have a health insurance at work, and I've got a supplemental policy, and I'm covered by Medicare, and the guy who hit me has a policy. And I have medical payment. That's a uh, cause for the insurance companies to sit down and make a decision as to who is going to pay me first. And so, again, ask the professionals to take care of you. It's one of the reasons you want to use them because who is primary? Who is secondary? Uh, and if you ever have a loss, you're going to welcome having thought things through in advance. Any other suggestions?
3: Because yeah, I've got think, one more question. I've got well, one more. I think Go the ahead. only other thing I'll say about medical is part of the reason they make it a no-fault coverage is so that your medical needs are taken care of immediately without a debate over who is okay. at fault or who should be paying.
2: However, if you have three policies, you're not going to collect three times your costs. So no, it's, that's considered uh, a bad thing.
3: No, Talk you're, about... You're, you're talk going to about, be made whole is what you're going to be made.
2: You're going to be made whole, not extra whole. The uh, One other issue I want to talk about, cars, is rental cars. Sure. Does your cover... I've rented a lot of cars, and I've always declined the coverage. What's covered and what's not covered?
3: Well, if you have an auto policy, whatever limits and coverage that you have on your auto policy will extend to the rental car. And we often get asked, well, do I need to take the coverage? There's a couple things that aren't covered on your auto policy that the rental company may charge you for if you damage a car. Um, The two things that we often see are loss of use for the rental car and diminished value. Um, Loss of use, very simply, is you damage a car, they have to take it off the road for 10 days to repair it. For 10 days, they can't rent it and so they've lost rental income. They will and can charge you for that. That's something that's not covered on your auto policy. And if the car is damaged in
2: such a way that it is now worse less than it was before, it also is not covered. That's correct. Can you buy a policy to cover that? Loss well, of use. if you're, chances are that
3: you can get the coverage from the rental car company, but again, you're going to need to read that language before you agree to it.
2: Oh, we're back to reading the policy. Oh, <laughs> all yeah. of, when you rent a car, don't let them rush you through something. Read the policy if you have any question at all. An abundance of caution is always welcome. Okay, we're approaching another break. You are listening to Money, Jobs, health and other things of life with your host i'm gordon bennett and we have doug cook with us and we will be back after a short break
1: from the boardroom to you voice america business network we
0: hear it and read about it every day in the news
1: Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing.
0: How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy?
1: Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lin. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level.
1: Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at one 866 four seven two five seven nine zero that's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero or send an email to Goreben three two at gmail dot com. Now back to the program
2: Welcome back welcome back to money, jobs, health, and other things of life. You just heard that from the uh, producer, but this is Gordon Bennett, your host here with Doug Cook talking about insurance and i can tell already we're not going to get through all of the things and so before i start on the next thing i really have to go off script and talk about what you ask at the break you ask me are we going to talk about wedding insurance and i said i hadn't planned on talking about wedding insurance but i'm all ears right now it's your it's your microphone doug
3: yeah it It's an interesting coverage, and you can think of it very simply as an event policy that covers things like the dress not showing up, the groom or bride being called to duty, sudden illness, severe weather, ruined photos. Now, we can't produce the photos for you, but we can certainly get you reimbursed for the cost of that.
2: You aren't going to do the wedding over again, you're telling me. I'm not going to repeat the wedding, right?
3: No, and Doug's not going to stand in for the groom either. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) that's um, quite comprehensive, really. It is. And it's, it's very surprising um, how many companies offer this. We usually get a fair amount of mail into the office here right around April in advance of the wedding season. But, you know, it's just, it's amazing the kind of things that you can buy coverage for today.
2: And that's one that I suppose a father who's going to spend $10,000 for a wedding wouldn't bat an eye about buying an insurance policy here in Pennsylvania, particularly if it's going to be an outdoor wedding and they is a threat of a thunderstorm. Sure. <laughs> I sure. think I'd buy it or call off the wedding.
3: <laughs> I, I think last year, uh, many people may remember the story of the bride and groom that were up in Vermont and the town basically got isolated after the hurricane because all the bridges got washed out.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yes, we talk about everything on this show, and I was, I've was i just learned something. That's amazing. If you're going to protect your assets and spend that much money, you might as well buy an insurance policy. See sure. your friendly insurance agent about that. Liability insurance is included in two of the things we've talked about. Liability insurance for your house and liability for your car. Uh, Let's talk about what is third-party
3: or liability coverage. Doug, it's your turn. Sure. Um, Third-party coverage really protects the injuries that you might cause to someone else or the damage that you might cause to someone else's property. Um, It could be while you're operating a car. It could be while they're at your home. Um, It could be while you're out at a baseball game or some other event. Where you accidentally injure someone, uh, the liability coverage protects you, and it also protects the cost of defending any lawsuit that may come out of that. We all know today how expensive it is to hire an attorney, and the liability portion of those policies really provide that for you.
2: I think that is a very important thing that you bring up. If that uh, we're going to talk about a pro- uh, an umbrella policy. But if you're going to get sued, you're going to spend lots of money on defending yourself whether or not you're found guilty of being liable. And that alone is worth the price of admission to a liability policy. If the insurance company is obligated under the contract to protect you or pay. Now you may lose the case and the insurance company then has to pay, but the fact is it really gives you peace of mind.
3: That's true. I just, And you may lose, or the insurance company may decide that it's better to settle the case than to go to a trial on the case.
2: Yeah, and you've got professionals doing it, not yourself. I had a friend, as a matter of fact. Uh, I just, this just came back to me. I have a, um, actually it's my wife's cousin's husband, or my wife's cousin's daughter was. She was going to school and she backed into another car. And the other, car was in the parking lot at their private school and they did a certain amount of damage. And the two parents got together and they were going to settle. And I said, do not settle with them direct. Call your insurance company. Yeah, they may increase your premiums. Yeah, they may scold you, but you should leave the work of professional uh, settlement of the claim to the professionals. And I think that was interesting because they were going to do it themselves, but I agree. Having the professionals in everywhere in your life is really
3: worthwhile. Right, and that's what they paid for when they bought the policy. So
2: We talked a little bit about exclusions. There's the same exclusions likely to occur for the liability on the homeowners. Isn't that right?
3: Well, there, there are some exclusions. There's actually some exclusions that oftentimes people are unaware of. I'm, I happen to be a pet owner. I love dogs. I've had dogs most of my life, but there are certain breeds of dogs with different carriers that are automatically not covered. Uh, and if, if you have a pit bull, a Staffordshire Terrier, Bulldog, um, Doberman Pinscher, German Shepherd, some of the dogs that often get the headlines, a lot of the carriers don't cover those breeds as a standard exclusion on the policy.
2: That's an interesting thing, because when I was an adjuster, we used to say every dog has one bite. Now some dogs have so many bites, they exclude them from the guinea. They just don't have, uh, they don't want to insure them.
3: Can you get insurance for that kind of a risk at all? You you actually can get insurance for that type of a risk. It's a little more expensive, and it's going to be um, a separate policy specifically designed for dogs and certain breeds of dogs, but... um, it is something that if you're going to own a German Shepherd or other dog, you need to pay attention to. I happened to have owned a German Shepherd for years, and that at the time that breed was covered, not a problem. Um, but it's one of those things you need to ask about, and you, you also need to make sure your agent knows about.
2: I heard you say something that is important to know. At that time, insurance changes year to year. You should have a review of your insurance policy, what, every year when it comes up for renewal? Has there been any changes to your lifestyle? Are some things uh, going to change? And you'll
3: be prepared for the unexpected. Exactly. And and we we like to know what's going on in our clients' lives. They They may feel it's a little intrusive, but it's all intended to find out who they are and to make sure that they have the right protection.
2: Yeah, and there's two things I say is, first of all, taking advice from your next door neighbor, unless he happens to be an insurance person, uh, is not a good idea. You should talk to a professional and you shouldn't conceal things. Much as you dislike it, you may, uh, be setting yourself up for failure. And in this time and, uh, circumstances, it is not a good thing to lie about anything on an application or about your no, lifestyle. And it, it-
3: You know, a lot of times it doesn't cause a problem, but there are times when um, a false statement or an omitted statement on an application for insurance could mean you lose coverage.
2: Lose coverage. You could lose coverage. Let that sink in, folks. You could lose coverage from a misstatement. One other thing I'm going to talk to you before the break is personal umbrella policies. Tell me, what a, tell me
3: what a personal umbrella policy is. Well, on your automobile policy and on your homeowner's policy, you're given a certain amount of liability coverage. The most that we typically see on either of those policies is $500,000. The umbrella policy is they're usually in million-dollar increments, and they will provide a million dollars in addition to what's on your auto policy policy or in addition to what's on your homeowner's policy. So if you cause a serious accident or someone is seriously injured at your home, a half a million dollars may simply not be enough coverage, and the umbrella will provide you additional coverage.
2: There's two things I know about a personal umbrella policy. One, it may have fewer exclusions than your underlying policies, your homeowners or your auto And in today's economy, there's a lot of people cutting back on a lot of things. They cut back on their homeowners. They cut back on their auto. They have minimum coverage on a lot of things. Well, you can cut back to the minimum the insurance company requires, and then you can cover the difference by personal umbrella, but you can't cut your insurance back farther than that. And I think it really kind of a wake-up call to think about things all the way through. What do you say to that?
3: Yeah, I find that um, a couple things that an umbrella policy does for you. It requires a certain level of underlying coverage, so a certain level of coverage on your auto or your homeowners. <coughs> and being protected in the world today against litigation that seems to come out of nowhere is certainly well worth it. I think most umbrella policies for your average family. It's going to cost somewhere between 150 and $300 a year for a million dollars worth of coverage.
2: And that's certainly
3: worthwhile.
2: Um, I have one, and I think everybody should have one, and I think every insurance uh, person should uh, talk it up among their friends because I believe it to be a very essential thing. Your auto coverage, your homeowners, and your personal umbrella constitutes the three legs on a stool as an effect on your policy so we're coming up on another break so you're listening to jobs oh it's money jobs health and other things of life i am gordon bennett your host with me is doug cook and we'll be right back to talk to you after this last break and now we're going to have a short one
1: Business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup, or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Voice America Business Network. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1 472 5790. That's 1 472 5790. Or send an email to GoreBen32 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
2: Hello, everybody. This is Gordon Ben, and I'm back with you for the last segment of this show. And I still have with me Douglas Cook. And there are a couple things we want to cover, and I want to tell you, we haven't barely scratched the surface of all the issues and things that you need to know about insurance. One of the things I want to talk about is those people who don't have a home, renter's insurance. Doug, give us a primer on renter's insurance.
3: Yeah, and I actually want to give you an example of somebody that buys a renter's policy who you wouldn't normally think of. I have a client who's a chiropractor, and his chiropractic business owns the home that he lives in because that's also where the office is he doesn't have a homeowner's policy he's actually a tenant of the house he has a renter's policy and he's not the typical buyer of renter's policy a person that needs a renter's policy is anyone who lives in a home that they don't own and that could be i live with a friend of mine and my friend owns the house It could be you rent an apartment. And what the renter's policy does for you is it provides property coverage for your belongings, your clothing, your furniture, and things that you might have in the house. And oftentimes people who rent or people who are tenants don't really have a lot of assets. So they think, well, I don't really need the coverage. The other thing that it provides you that's more important is personal liability coverage. What happens if somebody comes to your apartment and gets injured or if you go to a baseball game and you injure somebody? You have no coverage because you don't have a homeowner's policy. So the renter's policy actually provides that personal liability that you need.
2: That That's a good thing. I want to go back to the personal umbrella policy. You can't have a personal umbrella policy unless
3: you have some form of residence underlying policy. Is that correct? That's correct. You need to have an underlying policy. <coughs> in order to get an umbrella policy. And sometimes what happens is the underlying policy might expire or you forgot to pay the bill and it goes away. Well, you still might have the umbrella policy, but remember the umbrella expects that the first 300000 or the first 500000 is going to be paid before they're responsible.
2: Yeah, so I, had a friend, I had a friend who didn't own a house. He didn't own a car but he still needed a personal umbrella. He should have a renter's policy. Correct. So everybody needs it. Um, I'm, other, again, a great believer.
3: The other Let thing I'll te- tell you, uh, your listeners is that oftentimes if you combine a renter's policy with an auto policy, it's cheaper to have both policies than to simply have the auto policy because of the discount you get. That's good news, too.
2: Uh, again, shop around. Um, I'll tell you what happened to me. I was on a cruise, and I rented a Segway. So normally that Segway would be excluded from coverage either on a first-party or third-party basis because it was in the uh, British Virgin Islands, and it had a motor on it. And I'm not very uh, coordinated, and I rode the Segway into the ocean, the Segway was worth 200, I I'm
3: mean not 200,
2: the Segway was worth a thousand,
3: uh, $10,000. And they work a lot I, better on land, don't they?
2: They really do. It was fortunate that it was a waterproof all-terrain Segway, but I didn't have to worry that I was going to have a Segway in my garage that didn't run <laughs> thanks to a personal umbrella policy. It may or may not have been covered on my homeowners, but it certainly was going to be covered on my umbrella policy. Next thing I want to talk about is Uh, let's see what we've got here. Uh, trip cancellation insurance. Sure.
3: Um, do you, do you write that? We write some of it. The, the majority of people that buy that coverage actually get it through a travel agent or from the cruise line or the airline that they're working with. Um, I have a good friend of mine that goes, I think he said he goes on six to 10 cruises a year. What? He's retired, Gordon. It's not like the rest of us. (laughs) He doesn't have to work out. And he typically buys that coverage in the event that there's a problem with weather, there's a problem with equipment, the trip gets canceled for some reason. He's got a lot of money invested in the cruise, and he doesn't want to lose those assets.
2: You know, I am a great believer in trip insurance. That I can't afford to lose myself. My wife and I had two times what we've had to use trip insurance in the last year and a half. And I had been diagnosed with cancer the uh, month before we were planning to go to Europe. And it came through with the coverage. Then when I was cured of cancer, I was planning another trip and I to Europe because that would have been canceled. And I bought trip insurance. Then I had a stroke. Well, the newspaper had an article of a travel troubleshooter saying someone's experience with travel insurance, they did not have it because they forgot to declare their pre-existing condition. However, in my case, I had declared it. But they have a wrinkle in the policy that says you have to buy the policy at exactly the same time you buy the trip. And your temptation is to say, I'll think about whether I want trip insurance, and then if you buy it, it may not cover you. So, again, read the policy, read the terms and conditions of any policy, and plan ahead. I think a trip insurance is wonderful things, but I'd sure hate to have it canceled for an expensive trip. Sure. Anything I mean. else? You know, there's a lot of other things we need to talk about. And today isn't today. We're just out of time. We're going to be out of time in about two or three minutes. And I would like to say we have health insurance. We have life insurance. The most important asset in your life is you. The ability to work needs to be protected. That is one of the things you really need to look out for is uh, your own life. We have friend. We have a woman whose husband died and she was in her 30s and he didn't believe in life insurance and he left her with three kids and no money. So we'll talk about that another time. Uh, is there anything else you want to sneak in here?
3: Well, one thing I wanted to say is we we have we maintain a Facebook page, TR Insurance Group, and, and actually this morning I put up an article I had found on the seven reasons why you should have life insurance. Um, and we constantly put information out for people to consider and mull over and hope that it generates in them an interest, something that they should come talk to us about.
2: Yeah. Speaking of the Internet, I'm a great believer in the Internet. However, buying things like insurance on the Internet, I am a little bit uncomfortable with because I don't get the camaraderie and the awareness of who I am from my insurance agent on the Internet. And the amazing thing, and you told me this story before, You might be able to get it even cheaper in your own backyard, or you may get fluor exclusions. So be very cautious with the Internet.
3: Yeah, what we find is people go on the Internet, they start with what they want, they look at the number, they think it's too high, they make some changes, and they buy a lower price, and they think they did a good job. They bring the policy to us, and oftentimes we find that we can buy them the coverage they wanted originally for less than they paid for the lower coverage policy they ended up with.
2: That's very good advice.
3: You have been listening to Gordon Bennett.
2: I have written a book. It's called Give Yourself a Raise, Have Less Stress, More Money, and Financial Freedom. I have this show, of course, the radio show. I have a website which is called ptff.net. ptff.net. Let me say it the third time, just like the Democratic Convention. I didn't say that. ptff.net. And you can download some forms there for budgeting, for other financial things. You can order my book there. And we would love to hear from you. Write, as you've been told, where to write. Because the show itself is going to depend on exciting issues that you want to hear more about. And I can find experts in those areas and talk about them. Just as we've talked about insurance with Doug Cook. Doug, I want to thank you so much for a wonderful experience, and uh, sharing with us some of the things. Next show, or not, maybe the next show, but soon we will talk about life insurance. Soon we will talk about annuities. Soon we will talk about health insurance. Everything is changing, and we'll be back with an expert in those fields. I want to say thank you for listening, and tune in again next week. At the same time, wherever you are, this is Gordon Bennett saying, We had a great time today, and we'll look forward to next week. Goodbye.
1: Thank you for listening to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life. Please join your host, Gordon Bennett, again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, are you going to make a bad choice or a great choice with your money? Come back next week for more.